Welcome to Save Our Sleep. Tizzy and the Save Our Sleep team believe it's every child's right to receive comfort, a parent's right to demonstrate love, and everyone's right to a full night of sleep. This podcast is not a medical or scientific volume, but a collection of tried and tested solutions and tips based on my many years of experience with babies and young children. Its main purpose is to help parents understand and avoid sleep problems in young babies and toddlers. We'd like to recognise the Wadawurrung people who are the traditional owners of this region which Tizzy and myself live and are recording today's podcast on. We acknowledge and respect that they have taken care of this land and water and raised children in this nation for over an extraordinary 70,000 years. The Save Our Sleep podcast is dedicated to helping you prevent and solve sleep problems while having some fun along the way. We endeavour to discuss all things family related, starting from preconception all the way through to an adult child leaving home and beyond. Some topics may be triggering. If you find this is the case, please reach out to your or your child's health nurse or general practitioner. <coughs> oh dear, let me just have a drink. It's really hot in here again. Hands up. If you're choking. Well, do you know what? We're going to leave that at the beginning of the podcast. Hands up, because that's what up. we do if you're choking. Yep. If you're choking, hands up. Now, it's, it's really hot again. Can we turn the heating down a little bit? Sure. So, yep. is this staying or are we going to start again? No, let's keep it. Okay. So, welcome to the weekly, midweek crack. I still love that. Midweek crack episode number 3.5. Extended night waking is our topic, which was given to us by Gemma Sage Bell. So does Gemma Sage Bell get another gift voucher? That will be a $40 gift voucher. Is that mm-hmm. fair? That's up to you. You're the boss. Mm. Let's see. It's up to her. Is she going to come and put a post on Instagram and demand another voucher? I guess it is fair. <laughs> I guess it is. So Gemma was asking us, and it was a bit too long, so we decided that we were going to break it up and do it, do it separately. Yeah. Gemma was asking us about extended night waking in an 11-week-old. And then yeah. I said I'd like to talk about extended night waking in older children. Mm-hmm. So, but Emma, Gemma had asked Emma. <laughs> no, you're not Emma, you're Kylie. <laughs> Emma's my daughter. Yes. Yeah. If. So she had so she'd asked about unwrapping and we didn't answer that. Yeah. So do so, we unwrap during well, night feeds? Tell, I don't know, do we? So... During the dream feed, I wouldn't unwrap. I'd get a baby up for the dream feed and try and keep them up. But if they took a good feed, if mm. they don't take a good feed, then yes, you would unwrap them, mm. you know. Babies need their hands to bang and stimulate the breast. So if you're breastfeeding, you might need to unwrap them mm-hmm. for the night feed. Again, it sort of depends. Would that be early can, on? Or do yes, you think? Yeah. but if you can get a good feed in. Yeah, but people say, you know, when the kid gets older, it starts like playing with their boobs and stuff. And then people get them like distraction necklaces and stuff. But maybe that isn't a good thing because they're moving and stimulating and touching the boob helps your milk flow, Mm. you know. So another random thing to say is when you're bottle feeding, you should change each week from side to which or change each feed from different sides. Don't get comfortable always feeding the same way because it's really good for their bonding, eye development, learning to focus when talking about a baby under six weeks Mm -hmm. to move. And for flat head syndrome, you need to keep rotating which side, like a breastfeeding mother feeds this way and then she feeds that way and then she feeds this way. But a bottle feeding mother tends to get in the habit of always feeding I don't think I'd be able to feed the other way. I just don't think I'd be able well, to. It, it's good that you say it because it, I experienced that with my third 
that eventually I just had a preference and I just I liked yeah. one arm better. But we actually noticed that she was starting to get that. Yes. So I so had to make sure that I changed change, it. But I yeah. personally don't think I could. So again, it's something that you should do, you're supposed to do, but whether you do or not, it's a different subject. Yeah. You know? So changing sides when you're bottle feeding mm -hmm. as well as breastfeeding. So anyway, wrapping or unwrapping preference. If you mm -hmm. can get your baby to have a really good feed wrapped, mm -hmm. don't unwrap. Mm. But if they're going to wake up at like and demand a feed at 11 weeks old, you don't wrap them because you need them to have a good feed. Yeah. But if, as again, if you find that you can do a good feed and get them back to bed, especially if it's like the five o'clock in the morning feed, if they're waking, yeah. if they're sleeping from the dream feed or even from seven o'clock at night through to five o'clock in the morning, then you might choose to keep them wrapped. Well, that's good. Like, it's good to know because for me, I always kept mine wrapped um, unless I obviously had to change a poo and I couldn't, like, you know, the great thing about your wraps is that it's the arms that are wrapped. So you can open and the hips. That's because the hips have to be free for safe hip movement. Yeah. Hip movement's really And important. that was what I loved about yours. So I could undo the top layer and still change the bottom mm. and then just put it back over and the baby was still swaddled. So I kept my kids still swaddled overnight purely for the fact that I wanted them to know it was a night and it was different from when they were feeding during the day. Yeah. So that's what I did. So it's interesting to hear a different perspective yeah. on what we should do. And again, it's they're all guidelines and mm. you do whatever works for your family. So, But if your baby extended night waking, mm -hmm. so let's say you've got a six-month-old, they're established on solids, they're having protein and everything, and they're still night waking. Mm -hmm. My thing would be why. Yeah. You know why. So there was something wrong. Did you not discover a safer sleep till your child was older? Did you not have the correct bedding? Did they never learn the skill? Mm. Sometimes you've ticked all the boxes. Sometimes you believe you've truly done safer sleep from day one. You believe that you've truly done the bedding from day one and your child just continues to wake at night for a yeah. night feed. At some point, you need to go enough's enough. Sleep yeah. is so important. It is. It is so important. You cannot, a mother and father, parents, carers, cannot continue to get up day in, day out when your kid's older. No, Six, like seven, we've eight, said before, months, it's you know. torture for a reason. It's torture. And so at some point you have to go, right, do you know what? I'm going to take some time and I'm going to sort this out. And yeah. what we do is we feed at the first wake. Mm -hmm. So there's no point doing the dream feed. If your baby is night waking, the dream feed ain't working. Well, um, when would you recommend stopping the dream feed? You stop the dream feed when your child's been on solids, on uh, solids for two weeks Oh, sorry. On solids for two months. Yeah. Proteins established. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you start to reduce the night, the dream feed. Yeah. That's in the book. It's explained in all the books. Yep. Okay. But if your child is night waking still and there's six months, seven mm -hmm. months, the dream feed clearly is not working. No. If the dream feed is not getting them to seven o'clock in the morning and you have decided that you are going to correct the night waking I would forget about the dream feed well I actually found that the dream feed past a certain age actually caused my night waking there you go so because it interrupted their cycle and when you say you you mean not just you you mean the children who you also help through your sleep consultancy yeah and in a support group not just your own three no, children yes yes yeah. you mean your children extended all the time. <laughs> yes perfect <laughs> so that's true so let's say you've come to me you've got a six and a half month old they've been eating protein for a couple of weeks they are Good established on iron, they are at night waking still and mm -hmm. having a feed during the night at two or three or four o'clock, yeah. or even twice a night. And the dream feed, I go no dream feed. So you put them to bed at seven o'clock at night. I think we have to look at the period between when they've gone down at seven yes. 
and when they're waking up. So, you know, if they're waking up at 7.45, you wouldn't feed them. Like they don't need that feed. But, you know, if they've gone, if they're so used to having that feed, it is going to take time because they've created a cycle in which they're taking their calories overnight and not seeking them through the day. So they kind of create that cycle. And then, and you see it at 7 a.m., they're not hungry because they're fed throughout the night and then they don't take the solids and it just becomes this thing. So, you know, I think we start and we look at, you know, okay, it's been eight hours. That's a good effort for so baby. So we're going to say over four hours? Sure. Yeah, over so four hours. You put them to bed at 7 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And if they wake after four hours, you feed them. Yep. Yep. So that would be what used to be the dream feed. Yeah. Yep. So you're going to feed them either the bottle feed or the breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Yep. The next time they wake, you're going to ask them to resettle. Yeah. Yes. So you ask them to resettle regardless of how long it takes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means you let them yell and yell and yell without going in. Normally with a child over six months, it can be up to 46 minutes. Mm-hmm. Not 45, not 44, 46. If you reach a point where you cannot physically listen to them yelling any longer that might be 18 minutes it might be 22 minutes you might get the magic 46 minutes yep if you reach that point where you can't listen to them any longer you go in and you pat their tummy or rub them or shush them by moving Mm -hmm. the cot until they fall asleep yep unless that went for more than two hours yeah if it went for more than two hours from when they woke you're going to be exhausted they're going to be exhausted. You've got to pull the plug. Yeah. yeah. And I think the difference there is the cry because it's just a protest cry that we'd be leaving them yeah. for. So I think, you know, people re- listening along here 46 minutes and think, oh, we're just ignoring the – no, it's not ignoring the need. It's a protest. Well, by this age, they don't there need the isn't you. an emotional cry no. for, for hunger no. because they should be eating during the day. And this is where a lot of people go, oh, but my eight-month-old baby listened to the cry. I think it's emotional. No, it's emotional. We worry about an emotional cry in the first few weeks. Yeah. We worry about an emotional cry in those first weeks when they're not having solids yeah. and they could be hungry. And your breast milk might not be good. Yeah. Some people don't have good quality breast milk. You yeah. know? So you then go in and if you've got to pull the plug, you pull the plug, you get them up, you feed them, you keep them up for 20 minutes and you act as though you're starting bedtime all over again at 7 o'clock. Whatever yeah. you normally do at 7 o'clock, you do, okay? But if you have been able to leave them to resettle and they have resettled, the next time they wake, even if they only sleep for 10 minutes, you feed them. Mm-hmm. So you've put them down at 7 o'clock. They've woken four hours later. Mm-hmm. You've fed them. Yep. The next time they wake, you've got them to resettle. Yep. Or you've put them down at 7 o'clock and they've woken three hours later, you've done the resettling. Yep. If they resettle, at whichever point they resettle, even if they only sleep for 10 minutes, the next time they wake, you feed them. Yep. It's counted as the feed wake. Yep. The next time you, they wake, you resettle. resettle. Yep. And each night, the second wake becomes closer and closer to 7 a.m. That's right until it's finally 7 a.m. Yeah. If they woke for the first time at 6.20 or 6.40, you just get them up. Yeah. You wouldn't leave them in their cot yelling. They're not going to resettle at that time. No. Get them up and delay the milk feed yeah. until 7 o'clock. And I think, and then once that's progressed a bit more, then I would be expecting them, you know, when they've gone four hours, I would then expect them to, like, give them a chance to resettle. They don't need it 
at this point. So we were talking before, if your baby slept more than four hours and woke and then fed them, after we've done all the settling for the second, you know, the second wake and things like that, um, I would then after a few days be asking that baby to settle on that the very, first very first wake. I think you'll find that that first wake will become later and later. It will, yeah. So it... The first night it might be the four hour mark. The mm. second night is probably going to be the five or six hour mark. Mm. I think it will naturally move. And if it doesn't, come to the support group yeah. and talk to us and we'll get it right, we promise, even though That's we didn't it. get because it right some, a few minutes ago. Because sometimes it can become habit. We're, yeah. see, we're so used to just doing it and knowing what we need to do based on what we see yeah. and the needs because every baby is different and we look at the whole, or you look at the whole holistic approach. Yeah. And so each need is different so some we know some we will ask them straight away to settle we know that they they need to settle others need that first bit of feed and then we're asking them for the following feeds throughout the night so it just varies between it so it's not that we didn't know it's just a, each baby's different and we're so used to it that we forget you know that it's not so natural to some people <laughs> so then what happens with an older child? Mm. So that's like a six, seven-month-old who has milk feeds. So yeah. what happens if you've got a child who doesn't have milk feeds anymore mm -hmm. and they're waking up at night and you're going in and you're rocking them or patting them every single night again? Yeah. The first wake or any wake, ask them to resettle. Mm -hmm. Talk to them before you put – even with your six-month-old, talk to them before you put them to bed mm -hmm. and tell them, you, tonight you are going to put yourself back to sleep when you wake up. Mm -hmm. Talk to them. You just don't understand how much your child understands. They understand everything. I was saying the other day at the dinner table, like I turned around and I said, I can feel something. I didn't I didn't change my tone of voice, mm -hmm. okay? I said, I can feel something under the table. And if it's a dog, if it doesn't get in its bed in the next five minutes, I'm chucking it outside in the cold. The dog got up and walked back to its bed. Like, they understand. Mm. Like, dogs understand what we're saying. Why do we think our children don't? don't? Yeah. You know? They do. They very, very, very much do. And that's what I liked about your routines in the toddler book oh, and, and the advice in the toddler book. And what we didn't say before we said any of this is, you don't just jump in and do the resettling. You've got to make sure everything's right. The yes. bedding's right. The yes. sleeping bag's right. The room's the right temperature. Their needs are met. They're eating the right yep. food. They're eating the right texture. Like, mm -hmm. if someone comes to us with an extended night waker, are they feeding them puree or are they feeding them lumps? Are they doing baby-led weaning? Yeah, and that's like, what I was saying. Like, it's a whole holistic approach that I, we I, take for granted that we already know what to look for. And I find that babies who do baby-led weaning and babies who eat my food and then have baby-led weaning after my food. So you mm. feed them a bowl of puree at seven months, then you give them the finger food, eat mm. the same amount as the baby who only eats the finger food. So as in they eat the puree okay, plus plus what? the amount of finger food that the own child who only has finger food eats, mm. so that child's missing all the puree, Yeah, you know? So yes, all of that. And then with an older child... You would obviously use the deep end approach where you mm -hmm. say to them, I'm not going to be coming in. And then eventually you get to the point where you go in. Yeah. So with that child, you resettle it every week because mm -hmm. they're not getting milk. So when they wake up, this is like a one-year-old, an 18-month-old. Mm -hmm. When they wake up, you've told them, I'm going to be leaving you. I'm not going to be coming in. Mm -hmm. And then you leave them to resettle for as long as you can physically possibly leave them. And then when you reach the point that you can't leave them any further, you go in and you stay with them until they go to sleep you now, don't go in and out the deep end approach is that for people who have just picked up the book for the first time or for people who have previously had the deep end approach is for any child over the age of one okay so if you 
oh, so I know what you're saying. So you're saying with, so we've got where you've got a baby who you're teaching the over one year old to sleep. You go in, you lie them down, they stand up, you lie them mm. down, you stand up, you lie them down. Lie down. That's slightly different yeah. for a child who's never learnt how to sleep. A child who was sleeping and now has been ill or something, then you don't go in and lie them down because they know what you want them to do. Yeah, yeah, slightly different. So that's a wrap for the crack for this week. So we will be back talking to you on Sunday. Look awesome. forward to chatting to you then. See you guys. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Save Our Sleep podcast, brought to you by the International Baby Whisperer Proprietary Limited. You will find more information about the Save Our Sleep philosophy, products, support, and how to watch the mini clips that accompany this podcast at saveoursleep.com. You may find the Save Our Sleep social media accounts by searching Tizzy Hall on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel for all my how-to videos and to watch the podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends. I would like to thank Kylie Zabo for co-hosting, Fundamental Studios Chalong for their amazing recording studio, Nick Dale at Primer Films for this production, and most of all, you, the listeners. Without you, there would be no reason for this podcast. Please enjoy, stay safe, and Kylie and I will look forward to chatting with you again soon.